favorite authors, friends, and guests explore the simpler side of life. Here's your host, Amish fiction author, Tracy Fertikowski. there. Welcome to another episode of Buggy Talk. I'm your host, Tracy Fredikowski. Each week, I'll bring you the story behind the stories along with the storytellers. For this week's episode, we have award-winning author Shelley Shepard Gray, who will introduce us to her latest release, Her Heart's Desire. Hello, Shelley. Thank you for joining us, and how are you today? Oh, thank you, Tracy. I am great. I am so excited to visit with you about Her Heart's Desire. Um, I've been looking forward to this all week. Oh, well, perfect. I love having you on the Buggy Talk podcast, and I love that you are continuing Her Heart's Desire. It's part of a series. Is that correct, Shelley? Yeah, this is the first book in the series. So the next, you know, we'll we'll have another book coming out in, I think, July, and then the last one in, uh, I think it's November. So I, it doesn't always happen that I get to have a whole series launch and, and be released during one calendar year. So this is um, exciting for me. Oh, it is. And, you know, our readers love those releases where they can look forward to something quickly. You know, lots of times our books get tied up in the publishing process and we may write it one year, but it's not published for a couple of years later. You know, and our our readers have to wait sometimes a good a good bit. But it, I love that you've got these three books coming out in one year and it will give your readers something to really look forward to. Oh, I'm excited about that too. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big reader myself and there's nothing more frustrating than starting a new series. I get on the author's website and I'm like, when is the next book coming out? And I'm like, what a year from now? That's too long. So it's, um, I'm, I'm very happy about this release schedule. Well, before we really get into Her Heart's Desire, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about your career and the very first thing that I don't think we've ever talked about, and you've been visiting with us here on the Buggy Talk for quite a few times now, but what did you actually want to be when you grew up? Did you know that as a child? Yeah. You know, I can't say I really did. I I knew I liked to read, but I knew I didn't want to be a librarian, so what I also have always liked to travel, and I I did travel a lot when I was was younger. So I I think I really wanted to do something like be a flight attendant. I I wanted I was very shy, and I thought oh I'll get to be around all sorts of people and get to meet people and I'll, and I'll get to travel. I never did go uh, to a flight attendant training, although I'm in the middle of my teaching career. When we got transferred, I was having trouble um, meeting, get, getting the new job just with the interview process. Anyway, I almost did join American Airlines. So I, I guess it, I guess it was there somewhere. <laughs> well, actually, you, you look like a flight attendant. So <laughs> that would have been perfect for you. That would have been well, perfect job. You know, my, my kids say it's a real, it's really good. I was, and I am probably the worst person you need to be ever need to be around in a crisis. Um, I panic and I kind of freeze, which is not good if you're in charge of a lot of people's safety in the air. So, um, God knew what he was doing when, um, he, he set me grounded behind a computer screen. So. 
that almost went into our number two question, which was share something your readers wouldn't know about you. So your readers wouldn't know that you don't do well in a crisis. But is there anything else you can share with us? I was thinking about that. And I really this this is probably a, a fun one to talk about. Just yeah, I, I don't do well with blood and I don't do well with a crisis, which, you know, any mother knows uh, things happen and it and and sometimes you, you need to be on the ball. And sometimes I'm, I'm impressed, you know, when like my my son cut his chin open one time with a golf ball and I had he was bleeding because they do. And off I we, we were going to the emergency room to get him stitched up and. You know, the kids, he still teases me like, mom, I'm amazed you were able to do that. And I'm like, I kind of am too. I, it's, I, I wish I was calmer in crisis, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a medical person, I, but my, my daughter is in medical field. My grandson is going into the medical field and I see a shot or a needle or a, even a bandaid sometimes and you're running me the other way. So I completely understand where you're at on the, on that side of the fence. What is your favorite part or your least favorite part of the publishing journey? My favorite part, and this is still true today, is selling manuscripts. And, and for someone who um, is listening and they might be new to hearing about the publishing world is a lot of times, especially before you get going on a career, you need to write the whole book. And it's always put your stomach in knots sometimes because you, you love writing your book, you believe in it but you're just not sure if anyone else is going to like it. And I, to be honest, I have definitely done that. I've written a book that I thought was terrific and it never sold. So my, my, my favorite part is selling a manuscript um, because that is the very first time I know that someone else read the book and they liked it. And so that's always just kind of a, an affirmation. That is definitely the best part. The worst part is probably back when I was struggling so long to get published, I would doubt myself and I would get just really frustrated with, with myself. I would read other authors and I would wonder, why why can't I be better? I realize now at the time that God's timing was perfect. I wasn't ready to have a a big career when I first started out. I needed to learn how to be a writer. I needed to learn how to write a good book. Um, I needed to get a little tougher probably too. And so um, those are probably the the best and the worst part. And I do, I I still sometimes have to just remind myself everything comes in the right time. That's always something I'm I'm striving to work on it, not to be impatient, not to be so hard on myself, just to know that everything will happen at the right time. Absolutely. God knows so much more than we do. And when we stop questioning his plan, life goes on. A heck of a lot easier. It certainly does. Well said, Tracy. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us, Shelly, I'm very interested to know what book is currently on your bedside table. Well, I am one of those readers uh, who reads multiple books at the same time, just like I write more than one book at the same time. So I I actually um, went and got the two books that are on my bedside table, Um, and this isn't even my Kindle. So I have other books on my Kindle, but I'm currently reading The Secret Society of Salzburg. I am 
um, by Renee Ryan. I am on a World War II kick. And I, every time I'm at Target or Walmart or where the library, I'm, I'm looking for new World War II fiction. Um, so I'm, I'm reading this and I'm loving it. And then another book is, uh, by Julie McQuellen and it's called A Twist in Time and it's a try time travel mystery. And I am loving this too. I love reading books. I mean, I love reading just about everything, but I especially love reading books that I don't write. I mean, as far as I don't write the genre, I, I don't know a lot about it. And so uh, both of those, I, as much as I love World War II fiction, I am not in no hurry to try my own World War II book. And same goes with a time travel historical mystery. Yeah, I don't typically read even a lot of Amish fiction anymore. I read things that just take me places that Amish fiction doesn't take me. No one's really ever asked me what's on my bedside table. So I'm going to share that just so that our, our, oh, good. Our listeners... I would love. To. So right now I'm reading a book by Susan Wiggs called The Lost and Found Bookshop. And then I'm still into Francine Rivers and I love uh-huh. all of her books. I have not made it all the way through a lineage of grace, uh, stories of unlikely women who changed eternity. So it's about five, the five women of the Bible, Tamra, Rahab, Ruth, uh, Mary, and I can't remember the fifth one. But so amazing to me what authors read. Like Shelley, I would have never pictured you loving World War II fiction. Where did that come from? That's just, you know, I don't know you that personally, but we have spoken quite a few times. But that would not be something that I would say Shelley Shepard Gray reads World War II fiction. Oh, yeah. No, I just... You know, I, I, I read a lot. I read a lot of different things and I, I, I think it comes back to my love of traveling and we're, we're currently planning a trip, um, to go to France to see the beach, the D-Day beaches of Normandy. And, and so maybe that's on my mind too, but it really is, it, it, it all is about the story. If an author tells a good story, I, embrace that and I'm excited to to see where it goes and and like you um I unless someone asks me to give an endorsement for their book which I'm always glad to do I rarely read Amish fiction and and for me it's a just purely selfish reason I I'm I want my voice to sound like me better or for worse because of of the the so many of the the stories can have the same places kind of even sometimes the same names i just figure you know what i'm not going to read other authors just because i i don't want to mistakenly put in a phrase that they used not not that i would on purpose but um i i just don't even want to i don't even want to think about that I love the part about making sure your voice is your voice. And, you know, as authors, we work really hard to have a unique voice that's different than somebody else's. And that makes our readers excited to read different authors. Not one reader is going to read only one author. They enjoy an array of different authors because we all have a different perspective. We all have a different voice and we all can make a, a story exciting for them so and you know what Shelley I think because we don't read a lot of Amish fiction and we open our minds to other possibilities that's probably what makes our voice so unique 
I agree. I mean, just the way you're describing it, it really is. It's just like any community. I mean, even your church community, there's a lot of people, they believe the same thing, but they all have different perspectives. And I, and I embrace that. I'm delighted with the uh, Amish fiction writing community. I, I've met a, a lot of other authors in this, in this genre and they're just, great people. So it's, I, I love that we're each unique and we each are able to, to, to write stories that mean something to us. And, and of course, we're just so grateful that readers are giving all of us a chance. It's, it's wonderful. So tell us, Shelley, what book or what author has most influenced you the most? You know, um, I would have to say, uh, I have two in mind. The first would be a gal named Heather Weber. Um, she is a published author. She is, uh, she writes a kind of a re- realism fiction. Um, she, she's very well known. Um, she has been my writing partner and critique partner, gosh, for over 20 years. I think we're at 23 years now. Oh, she and I both met when we were unpublished. We were unpublished together for a very long time. And uh, we used to meet every week and and trade papers. Um, we don't show each other our work anymore just because we I, I move so much and then you know we just have busy schedules. But she would influence she influenced my writing a lot. She's just she's as good an editor as she is a writer, um, which is rare. And so Heather is just wonderful. Um, another author um, who I was thinking about would have to be Dee Henderson. And the reason I've never met her, um, but the, the reason she influenced me so much is when I decided to start um, wanting to write into Christian fiction. I first author I read, I read, I think it's O'Malley. I think it's O'Malley series. I, I read all of those books probably in a week and I couldn't put them down. And she She's just such a fine writer, and she developed this world, and it made me think, boy, this Christian fiction thing is 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 amazing. It, it you not only feel inspired, but these books aren't boring. They're they're exciting. Um, everything's well done, and so she. I hope one day I get to meet her and get to tell her that um, I'm a huge fan of hers, and I I owe her a great deal of gratitude. Aww, well, hopefully you will get to meet her someday. Have you? Have you exchanged emails with her or no, does she know no, nothing, no, nothing, nothing, no, no, I'm just, unless I would see someone at a, at a conference or something like that. I, I'm just, I'm just like everybody else when it comes to, you know, being fans of authors, you just, just reading them and, and enjoying their book and looking for the next one. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your personality and your writing career. Listeners absolutely adore that particular section. So now we get to talk about Her Heart's Desire, but before we do that, let me go ahead and set the stage by reading your back matter, and then we can really dig into Her Heart's Desire, okay? Yes, ma'am, that sounds great. All right. This is Shelley Shepard Gray's Her Heart's Desire. Mary Margaret Miller needs an escape 
from her small Amish community. She boards a bus all alone for a vacation in Pinecraft, Florida. Meeting Betsy and Lily on the way, she's amazed to find two kindred spirits. They become fast friends and determined to have the best two weeks of their lives. For Mary, it starts when she meets Jason Raber. The handsome and charming carpenter is taken by Mary from the get-go, but he has responsibilities back home in Kentucky, including a girl he's supposed to marry. When someone from Mary's past shows up in Pinecraft, it seems like her perfect vacation is ruined, but that's nothing compared to what's coming when she realizes what Jason has been hiding. Take a vacation with New York Times best-selling author Shelley Shepard Gray as she explores what happens when we allow our past to define our futures in the story of friendship, romance, and new beginnings. Oh, Shelley, that sounds so sweet. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. Oh, thank you. And thank I you. absolutely love Pinecraft. It's one of my favorite little communities, and I make sure I, at least once a year, particularly in the spring when it's not too hot, I love to go visit that little community. So let's talk a little bit about how you wrote Her Heart's Desire, beginning with what do you feel the inspiration for this particular story is is all about? Well, when I was working on uh, developing a new series, one thing that's always stuck with me is what if you don't fit into your Amish community? Um, and I, when I, I think all of us who have been to um, different Amish communities know that uh, a lot of the people in that community um, have never left. I mean, their their parents are there. They they might have gone somewhere on a Pioneer Trails bus or uh, gotten a car and driver and maybe went to a Shipshawana or something. But a lot don't. So that was the that was what I was really stuck with me is what if you were a young woman and you you just felt like you know what. I'm too confined here by what everyone, who everyone thinks I am, you know, uh, for, for Mary Margaret Miller, the heroine in this story, um, Mary just kind of did something kind of stupid when she was just a kid and it wasn't anything bad. It was just more of an embarrassing situation, but because she was with the same group of kids in the Amish school and then even growing up in the community, it's always stayed there and stayed with her and she just really wants a, a fresh start and she'd, she'd like to meet some people that the first thing that doesn't come up in conversation is is some little thing she did you know over a decade ago that's really why I developed this series it's um when when we first pitched it to some editors it was a, a wallflowers um and and meeting in Pinecraft. That's kind of how it all began. And I, I was delighted. I was delighted to focus on three different women who all all they wanted was to be seen with a person who the as the person they are right now instead of the person they used to be. So are all three of these books going to be set in Pinecraft or are they yes, going to be Yes, they are. They're all three set. Um, the, the first book, um, Her Heart's Desire, it's kind of fun because it, it opens in a hotel room in Atlanta. And what happened is uh, these three girls who are strangers just happened to decide to go down to Pinecraft for a whole month. 
in order to kind of get a break from their lives and find themselves and just relax and decide what they wanted to do with their future. There was a uh, ice storm. They ended up having to share a room in Atlanta and they become friends. So the this first book is Mary's story. And the second book takes a place a little while after. It's Betsy's story, but it's also in Pinecraft. And then the third one, um, the, the heroine, her name is Lily. It is also about two years after this one takes place, or about 18 months. So it's it's been lovely. I love spending all my, my days uh, in lovely Florida and imagining myself you know, eating pie and going to Yoder's and walking around in the sunshine, especially days like today. I'm here in Cleveland. It's snowing like crazy and cold. Um, it's It was nice to have my imagination there in Florida. Well, I think you need to pack up and make your husband take you to Florida. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I have to ask, all three girls make an appearance in each one of the books, or is the first they, book they the only one? No, they all three do, and which is, I'm glad you asked, Tracy, because that's rare for me. I, I, I've written a lot of series, but I, I don't always have former characters from other books come into the new one, and um, it really, that's just, uh, as a writer, it, you've got you've to have really good notes to keep bringing people in, It's in, and just to make sure you don't forget anything. Like, uh, I didn't want to be writing Lilies and not have good notes about everything about Mary's story and in the first book. But yes, they all do come together in, in every book. They they meet. Of course, by the end of the third book, they've all kind of in different stages of their lives. It was fun to have just so many fun scenes where all the three girls who have become best friends, they they get to bond. And by the time the the end of the third book, when they're they're kind of talking about jokes and stuff, the reader's been there with them. And so I, I I did love that. Absolutely love writing series. I love starting, you know, a new series. And I love that last book of a series when you can bring all of those characters back together so that you can almost reintroduce your readers to them. Like, oh, I remember that one from that book or, you know, right. they remember that. So I think that the the reader feels like they belong to part of the story when it's been a three or four, five, six book series and the reader has been right along. Now, what I would like to explain is what some of our listeners may not realize is when you write a series, you may not be able to write the series one book right after another. You may have other obligations that you have to do other books in between. So when you said that you have to take good notes, that is so true. I have a like a character persona file uh-huh. for each one of my characters so it's really easy to go back and say oh that's right she had she had auburn hair and green eyes and you know she was petite but when you're writing a bunch of books it gets lost doesn't it Shelly you can't remember it does it does and it's it's kind of funny because I I remember characters I remember their personalities which is pretty much the same way I think about neighbors and friends of mine in real life um, I don't always pay too much attention to what color their hair is or their eyes or y- you name it. And so I'm notoriously bad about forgetting things like that. And sometimes if I'm on deadline or I'm just feeling lazy, I might make up a name and I'll be like, oh, her brother, Frank, or I'll, I'll write XXX or something. 
And I, luckily, um, what I ended up having to do is I have a first reader. Um, she's a lady named Lynn. She's, she's, she's a good friend of mine, but I sent her the book before I turned it into my editor. The, her, her whole purpose is to write these good notes and to fix all the times I've messed up everybody's eyes, eye colors <laughs> and you name it. It is, it's, uh, it, it's, that's the kind of thing that like other people, when they read, they, they, they pay attention to those details. And, um, and I realized that that's something I need to improve on. So fun seeing these files. Um, and just like you said, Tracy, you know, you, you, been blessed you've been able to have some big series almost all of mine are three maybe four books and I can't tell you the number of times I've asked an editor what do you think about us continuing on this series because by this time they might as well be my next door neighbors I know them so well very 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 rare for them to say yes we want more books usually they're like nope that series is done then I feel like they all moved away (laughs) I have to get together (laughs) I have to go meet somebody new so how about you read us that very first page of Her Heart's Desire? Oh, it would be my pleasure. And I'll go ahead and get started. I should tell you that it this is in March. So uh, just to let you, everybody know what um, time of year it is. There were only two beds in the motel room, two beds for the three of them to share. Looking at the somewhat shabby space, Mary Margaret Miller felt her insides not. When the Pioneer Trails bus driver had announced they needed to make an emergency stop in Georgia because the storm was too fierce to drive through, it had almost sounded like a grand adventure. Mary had never traveled much farther than Sugar Creek or Berlin, Ohio. Though she did know quite a few Englishers, most everyone she knew was Amish, just like her. She'd been so excited to see new things and meet new people, she hadn't even been too concerned when the bus pulled into the parking lot of a small, rather rundown motel just off that highway. But now as she stood next to two girls she barely knew and studied the forlorn pair of beds, Mary realized that her spur-of-the-moment decision to, to travel to Pinecraft, Florida hadn't been the, by herself, hadn't been the greatest idea. Not at all. Or perhaps her earlier prayers on the bus were to blame. And that's how it starts. Aww. Well, I can imagine you take a young Amish girl out of her comfort zone and throw her into a shabby little hotel. She's going to be a little out of place, that's for sure. Absolutely. And I know I would be. And honestly, when, when I was thinking about these girls I was writing, I kept thinking, I don't know if I would do it. I, I think I would be a little bit apprehensive of, of going on vacation by myself for a whole month. So um, these girls, they, uh, I guess I'll leave with, with your listeners that they, they may think that they're a little timid and don't fit in, but they are strong and brave. Um, it takes special people to be able to just say, I'm going to go do this on my own and I'm going to handle anything that comes across. And they sure do. That was just perfect. So how about you tell us what you're working on right now? I am currently working on a novella and it has, it's going to be out around Valentine's Day in 2024. Um, I write almost every book about a year before it comes out and it is, is called a love letter courtship, I believe. Anyway, it is, I'm writing this with Kensington and it is a, a follow up to, uh, the, the first book that came out in this series. I'm excited just to 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 get to revisit some of these characters 
and to uh, write a fun little Valentine's novella. So that's what I'm working on. I, I write about 10 pages a day. So when we get off it with this, I'll be settling in to, to my made up people again. Well, as you know, I think you've played a fun speed round with me in the past, and I am going to ask you a few questions that mean nothing about your writing career, but just gives our listeners just a little more insight to Shelley Shepard Gray. So are you ready? Yes, I have to say when I listen to your podcast, this is my favorite part. So I'm <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> all righty. All righty. Okay. So would you rather a lifetime supply of M&Ms or ice cream? Ice cream. Ooh, me too. Please share with us one of your best childhood memories. Christmas, uh, we... My, my, we were in Texas, of course. I grew up in, in Texas. We, we drove out to some extra property my father had. It was kind of a ranch that one day he was going to build a house on. Anyway, there, uh, waiting for him was, um, a, a buddy of his and he had two puppies. So we got two puppies for Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> so that is a wonderful memory. Um, just the surprise and the puppies and Christmas all rolled into, to one special moment. Well, that was wonderful. You have a really good, uh, parents that let you get a puppy for Christmas. <laughs> so that was cool. All right. So we are recording this at the beginning of 2023. And a lot of people in the beginning of the year make goals or something that they want to aspire to do that year. If you are a goal maker, can you share with us one aspiration you have for 2023? I sure can. Um, I have a habit of taking on a little bit too much work. So my goal is for, for the year is to have um, more perspective and just um, patience and to maybe um, not push myself so much. Hmm. That was perfect. My husband says that to me every January. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's, that's we're we're lucky we we married some good guys that that know that that they they appreciate how hard we work, but then they also, you know, they they want us to take care of ourselves too. And um, I'm I'm very I'm very blessed to have a husband like that. No, me too. Me too. So Shelly, is there anything you'd like to say to your readers? No, you know, I, I would love for them to take a chance on hearts, her heart's desire and, and maybe pick it up or ask their library. But also, um, I, I would love to see them, um, in social media. I, I've got, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter occasionally. I'm on Facebook quite a bit. I have a little, Facebook group. It's called Shelly Shepard Grace Buggy Bunch. I would love for them to join. Um, and then on my website, I've, I've got a newsletter that my daughter has taken over um, and, and getting it out. And so um, I would love for them to sign up for that. So if they're interested in anything like that, do. It's, it's the best way to figure out when I have a book coming out for sure. Shelly, tell us again what your website address is, and I will include it in the show notes, but I like oh, to have it recorded too. Oh, okay, thanks. It's, it's, uh, www.shellyshepherdgray.com. 
Well, Shelly, I want to thank you for spending time with us this week, and I look forward to hearing more about your future projects here on the Buggy Talk podcast. And I know we have you on the calendar for the next two books in this series this year, so our listeners can look forward to that. And if our listeners want to pick up a copy of Her Heart's Desire, look for the link in the show notes of this episode that you can find on my website at tracysamishbooks.com. Or you can go to BuggyTalkPodcast.com. There you'll find a complete list of some of your favorite Amish fiction authors and all the great books they add to the Amish landscape, including my latest release, Barbara's Amish Truth Exposed, which is book four of the Amish Women of Lawrence County. <laughs> 